For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the grounds crew in 91, Worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns backers. It's Chuck Campisi here with Tony Dick, and we are Believe in the Browns. Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find us at Browns Believe. That's at Browns Believe on Twitter and Instagram. Tony, the Browns are kind of back, I guess. We're in full pads. We're, we're, not, we're not quite hitting yet, but um, maybe we'll be hitting today. Closer this week than the, than the last time we talked. We're, the people have actually seen the inside of the building. So that that's exciting. I'm sure they have found their locker. They know where their locker's at. Um, you know, it's wrapped in plastic, but uh, it's there. Um, yeah, I... I mean, we're finally to that point where we're hitting, and I know um, I've watched some of the um, watched some of the, uh, the highlights on television, some of the other teams around the league, and just how they've been handling things, how practices look for them, and it, it's just at this point, it's just good to see contact. It's good to see you know that first time you actually see guys hitting each other is really the the moment where okay, this is this is really 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 happening. I mean, because it's one thing to watch the news and see guys, you know, with cotton swabs being jammed <laughs> in their nose. That's the most contact they've had uh, since March. Um, it, you know, it's just, it, it, it's a good sign. And, and hopefully, um, you know, we'll say a little prayer or whatever, whatever your affiliation is, whatever you do, and, and just hope that this, we can get through this and everybody's going to be all right. So I guess we won't know until people get through about a week of, of hitting what this is going to look like. I think it's going to be a solid week before we really know. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You're, you're starting to see some injuries already. Nick Chubb left practice with a trainer yesterday. It took a little while for us to figure out that it was him being evaluated for a concussion. Potentially, Mac Wilson went a little bit high in a not quite full tackling slash semi-contact practice, I guess. But again, that's the benefit of keeping Kareem Hunt on the roster, um, having a little bit of depth there. So we'll see. You got so you got Chubb kind of hurt. You got Garrett who hasn't attended any of the practices that the media has been allowed to. Um, who's been in attendance, just hasn't actually yeah, practiced. Uh, hamstring issue. Treader had some surgery. Uh, some quote unquote loose particles in his knee cleaned out. And then Landry's kind of getting days off, time and again, working back from injury. You know, you saw it with with the NBA bubble as guys came back and tried to ramp right back up. You saw the injuries uptick. You might see something similar here as guys begin full contact, especially this year because you haven't had any contact for eight months. I mean, whereas normal year, yeah, you're not having a ton, but hey, every month, every six weeks, you're generally in for a mini camp or an OTA, and and you got a little bit of that. So yeah. you your body can get used. Now you're going from nothing since the end of the season to to full contact and you got to make this happen because the season's a couple weeks away well yeah you're in you're in the unfortunately unique position of needing to ramp it up and not being able to ramp it up <laughs> all of this or you know you shouldn't be ramping it up as quickly because you know as you said it's it's one thing to say, "Hey, I'm ready." You know, I've been in, I've been in my garage, and I've been going hard. You know, or it, it's yeah. totally different than having a 280 pound man like rubbing up on you every play. And um, so I said, it's going to take about a week to see just how how well this experiment works as far as waiting. This, I really, to me personally, it, it, we should have we should have been, you know, a month, maybe five weeks, six weeks potentially in, into this part of the season already. I, I mean, it, th- there should have been a way to even, even if you had split the squads in half and, and did, you know, a full day deal where, hey, half of us going to work out in the morning, half or in the afternoon, we'll flip-flop, whatever. But but the, the guys should have been working out for a while. And we'll see. I mean, what, what cut the preseason games scares me a little bit too because, I mean, that was that – Stuff or it was like, wow, that's four games they don't have to play. Well, they weren't playing four games. I mean, they were, yeah. you know, playing a couple series here and there. But it was live action where you're actually there. There is contact. You could get used to it, get your body used to it. And you know, for guys that have just been kind of dilly dallying around for eight months, I mean, it's hard to get that fine tune to, uh, you know. Be ready for the high speed hits that you're going to be taking. I yeah. mean, well, I mean, for for an average person, it would be like kind of almost training for that first triathlon and doing it solely in the health club, where you're only swimming right. in the pool, you're only running on the treadmill, and you're yeah. only biking on the you know stationary bike, and then all of a sudden you got to go race day. It's like, oh wait, I actually have to swim in water that moves. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, there's actual hills on this thing. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 so we'll we'll see what it looks like. I'm, I mean, I guess the the biggest thing is they're do, they're actually doing something. Um, so well, while it would have been ideal to be doing this six weeks ago, at least they're doing it now and not six weeks from now. Or you know, you know, and, yeah, and I, I would agree. And I think the biggest challenge, one of the things that really challenging the Browns right now, is if Treader's not ready for opening day, if he's not ready for game one, 
You have two rookies who have never played a down at an NFL speed or pace, whatever you want to call it, starting on your offensive line. Manning, arguably the two most important positions on your offensive line in center and left tackle. That is going to be a challenge. Not that I don't think these guys are good. I think Nick Harris was a great pick in the fifth round from Washington, all the things he did there. Wills Jr., I think, you know, was a no-brainer to a certain extent where he was. And, yeah, he hasn't played left tackle, but you got to remember that, well, Tua was left-handed, so playing a right tackle at Alabama for left-handed quarterback is manning the same position. Yeah, your footwork's different, but the responsibility is that you're the, the, the blindside guy. What impact do you think that's going to have where you got two guys, potentially rookies, offensive line, never played a down against an opponent that they don't have a share a locker room with yep. starting well, day one? Well, I, I think of all the all the dings and injuries you listed, that that's the biggest one. Because obviously, Chubb, you know, we don't know the severity of this yet, but I mean, even if it is severe, um, you've got haunts there. I mean, so, you, you, you know, you have little or no drop-off. Yeah. Um, and and then, you know, with the line, we already, and we've stated this, we've stated this a thousand times, say, like, although it's probably only been five. Um, you've got a new coach, new offensive system that we said going into this that the, the line was going to be the key to year two for Baker Mayfield. Uh, I mean, if, if he doesn't have the time to show what he's going to do, I mean, it doesn't matter what he can do. I mean, if he's running for his life, um, that's not a good good thing for us. And um, so, you know, I don't know. Well, hopefully, hopefully, we're kind of overreacting here, and, and the Treader thing is not. Uh, you know, this isn't going to be that big of a deal. But if it is a big deal, I think it's a done deal. <laughs> like we're done deal because we have to have the offensive line. I mean, we're already. Um, I think there's already going to be glaring questions up the middle on the defense. Um, so if the defense isn't doing well and now the offense can't stay on the field, then we're, we're in a bad situation. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Take the under on the wins there. Yeah. Um, well, and that's the thing. I mean, potentially, I think the only thing that might help that type of situation is the drafting of Harrison Bryant, I thought was a great draft pick. I think he's going to be a good tight end. Joku coming back, even if he is semi in, uh, <laughs> to yeah. his all in, if he can stay in, and then you have Hooper, who's going to be that pass receiving tight end. But if you could have one of those guys, where it's it's Bryant or it's Joku, and they're staying in and they're helping Wills on that blind side, and you're running regular two tight end sets, that could help you at least on on the edge, yeah. right? And then yes, you obviously still have to worry about hey, having a rookie at center. But you've seen guys step in, and, and potentially Nick Harris could be that guy. That's what you're hoping for is the Browns. And you're really oh, yeah. just, just going to what Stefanski's role was in Minnesota, where, hey, we're running two tight ends about 60% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. The, the only problem, well, I, I, that, that is a solution. The only problem to that solution is it's, you're taking weapons away. Because when you go to the two tights and those tights are in there, to block as opposed to, you know, release and, and you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, no, I agree. You don't have to stay home the whole entire time. Um, it just, you know, you're taking away a couple weapons, which, you know, hey, it, it, it's fine. I mean, if. if, if but, but really, who's going to be your third receiver, right? I mean, you're looking at, okay, you got Beckham and Landry, no problem. Your, your depth at receiver then, you have Damian Ratley, Rashard Higgins, 
Kaderil Hodge, Jojo Nadson, Taewon Taylor, Jamon Moore, DJ Montgomery, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones, and Jamarcus Bradley. Like, are you sold on any of those don't, guys being. <laughs> don't sleep on Jojo Nadson. I don't know how many times I've heard that. <laughs> uh, I hope he zips around the field, right? But, but that's the thing is, yeah. you know, to me, it's, hey, if you still have Chubb or Hunt in the backfield, you have Hooper, Beckham, and Landry, yeah. like, you have four weapons on the field. If you add, you know, an extra, you know, guy that can be an offensive lineman, but, you know, Joku can catch the ball. Harrison Bryant, I think, has better hands, so maybe you put him in there more, and then he becomes a little bit of that outlet threat where all the attention is going somewhere else. You run a little play action, and he's the guy that just kind of drags across. Three or four times that Njoku caught the ball. I thought it was pretty pretty awesome. I mean, the two were, uh, I think, uh, on the news while they were at training camp, but uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, no, no, I, I, I yeah, weapons. Why? I mean, we said it from the beginning. Weapons are off the charts, and, and that's where we go. Ba- we get back to what we were saying. The line is so important because you can have all these weapons, but we got to get Baker the time. And, and um, I don't know. Like I said, hopefully we're overacting on this. They'll be fine, ready to roll. But it's it's tough that the schedule's this tight now. I mean, it, you know, it would have been nice to have these things done earlier. Yeah, it would be interesting. I'm a little surprised that and this is going to sound strange, but with the lack of preseason games that maybe the the NFLPA didn't push for a little bit more training camp time. Uh You know, hey, we're not going to play these games. We know, we've seen some of the research and some of the studies that, hey, guys trying to get back to speed this quickly generally leads to a lot of knee injuries, a lot of tears and pulls of, of muscles. Let's give ourselves an extra 10 days of maybe not full contact, maybe add a couple days of full contact, a couple days of this kind of semi-contact. Well, and, and at the at the very at the very least, you could have you could have added 10 days of voluntary. Like teams could add 10 days of voluntary workout. Yeah. So it, so a guy doesn't get penalized if they want to opt out of it because yeah. I know we did have that. Well, and you have that. I get the whole you don't want the transmission thing. That's ten more days that you have yeah. chances to do that, and I get it. But you also don't want half the league going down from hamstring or quad tears or pulls and 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 blown knees during the first three weeks of the season yeah. because guys because these games matter. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. You, they're, they're I can play. I can play you a three series in a preseason game and then pull you for the, you know, remaining three quarters and not worry about it because, hey, you got some reps in and the game doesn't count. But I can't do that week one because this game counts. Oh, and and it's going to count, you think about it, it's going to count more than the games at the back end. Because the the one thing I was thinking of is this, you know, we're looking at these schools that have kind of tried to start up in the show. What happens if we get halfway? <laughs> Go Tar Heels. Yeah, but what happens if we get halfway through the season and this thing does, right? I mean, you always have to, you always have to play worst case scenario. Yeah. What happens if we get eight, 10 games into the season and all of a sudden the numbers, you know, the second wave or third, whatever wave we're on right now, it, it hits and, and now all of a sudden, we, well, hey, we, we got to make a decision here. Either we're going to shut this thing down or we're going to, you know, Shorten a season or whatever. I, I don't know if they would do that, but you always have to think about that. So to me, whoever's grabbing wins when they can. I mean, I go back to those strike years where you know the teams who took the strike serious and put together a good squad. You know, they end up making the playoffs because yeah. you won the games that nobody really cared about, and and that's really 
whoever's ready, we're week one, two, or three. I mean, if you could come out two and one or three and zero, oh, you're going to be at such an advantage over everybody else. Because um, I think too, the other thing you're going to see is as much as it's hard to ramp guys up, I think it's going to be harder for guys to make it the full length of the season this year um, because they haven't conditioned all year long. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's some guys they can say they were working out in a garage. But there's some guys that were, you know, they were working out at Chick Fil A too. I mean, they're Popeyes. <laughs> well, or it's just, I mean, and it's just tougher. Yeah, I mean, if you, especially if you were a younger guy and maybe haven't hit the lotto, you know, if you were a fourth round pick or something, and yeah, you made a roster last year, you know, yeah, your take home is I'm not going to argue with taking home a quarter of a million on a half a million dollar salary, but you do have expenses, and, and you might not be able to afford that. You know, Tim Grover as the elite trainer of trainers. And you might have been doing what you could have, but you might just not necessarily know what you're doing and you might not have the best guys. And even if the team sends you a workout plan, if you're not doing the exercises appropriately or for the duration you needed to or for, you know, there's a number of things that it's just like, hey, I'm not a strength and conditioning coach. Bring out the uh, P90X DVDs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Insanity makes it in. Uh, Yeah, the Nordic track. Uh, So, But on that note, you see some of that. We did see some of it. We'll talk a little bit about Baker now. Yesterday, where he kind of looked like a quarterback that hadn't seen live action for eight months. I mean, some some nice throws, but, you know, airmailed a couple guys. Plenty, just double clutching at times. He did, you know, do some. You could tell he looks a little more fit this year than he did. He doesn't have that kind of Baker kind of flabbiness he had a little bit last year. When, when I when I hear stuff like that, like I'm not too alarmed by that because I mean, think about it in in terms of baseball. You know, you get a guy okay. who gets an injury, you know, and they bring him up, you know, double A game, whatever. And sometimes guys will come to that first double A game and they're like, oh my god, he looked terrible. It's like. If you haven't seen a ninety mile an hour fastball well, exactly. in a couple months, it takes a it takes a smidge to get adjusted. And um, not that I think it's that difficult to do it with football, but at this level, you know, to to get a, a pass to be perfect at this level, it's going to take a little bit of time. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. just you just having even just having the reps with the receivers, yeah. right? You just haven't had the time to spend with those guys to to learn. You know, yes, he played with Landry and and you know and Beckham last year. But, you know, Hooper's new and Bryant's new and you have a bunch of new guys on the depth chart from the receiver standpoint. Just getting to know their patterns and their rhythms as well is also a key component. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the, the, the big thing with, with guys, new guys like Hooper, is, is getting to know how they're going to be able to, to get off the line, how quickly they're going to be able to get off the line. Because that's the other thing. You, you can have a play where you're doing a five-yard out. Well, how quickly you get to the five-yard out, it, you know, is determined <laughs> by how quickly you can, you yeah. know, oh, release yeah. and get separation. and. You, you can do that in a parking lot or your driveway or whatever, and it can look one way. But once they get into live action, that's that, that's when they're going to get that totally different look. And not to keep going back to it, but that's why it would have been nice. To be doing yeah. This well, I mean, and that's the thing. It's always nice to have guys in full pads, too, because, yeah, you can yeah. do it in shorts and a T-shirt. Oh, and yeah. it's probably going to be at a different pace because you're not going to have extra stuff on you. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I know it's not the heaviest of gear, but every little bit slows sure. you down. So... You have to look at it from that standpoint. So as we kind of look forward to to the rest of camp, get get some hitting, get some of that stuff in. We'll see how the how the season kind of breaks out. So Tony, we do have the last thing we'll kind of talk about today. Um, try to keep it short and sweet for everybody as as we move forward. 
Uh, we did have an unfortunate situation with kind of Brown's legend, Chip Banks, where uh, there was a shooting down in Atlanta and, and somehow he was involved. We did get some information um, from Brennan Branks, you know, saying out on Twitter to on behalf of the family of Chip Banks, we want to thank everyone for their prayers and thoughts over the past, you know, four days. Especially want to thank the Browns fans for showing much love for number 56. Chip's improving, so we're happy to hear that, Tony. But uh, haven't heard a lot about the situation and, and what took place. But again, our thoughts and, and prayers are with Chip. I know, you know, you knew him personally. So what are your thoughts, not necessarily on this situation, but on Chip as a person, you know, I mean, a guy who's a four-time pro bowler, uh, first-time all-pro, one-time all-pro, rookie, defensive rookie of the year, a great player for this team. You know, probably people won't remember, sat out the entire 1988 season uh, in a contract dispute, uh, which uh, is kind of interesting, but... What are your thoughts on on Chip? Yeah, you, you know, I, I think when when you look back to you know we're we're, we're in our forties here, right? I won't say how far into our forties we are, but we're in our forties. So, I mean, when you look back at the time, you know, we were probably most impressionable watching the Browns. I mean, Chip was one of those guys that was just a phenomenal linebacker. I, I mean, other than Clay Matthews, I I think. Um, out of that group, he was probably one of my favorite as far as just the intensity of play and and everything else. And um, you know, it's just it's unfortunate, and it's one of those things where uh, you know, not not really football related uh, on the field, but off the field. Um, I, I mean, it's just it's hard to see uh, how many of these, uh, how many of our former players, um, you know, that return to quote unquote you know normal life. Um, it, you know, a lot of people just think it's it's this, you know, okay, this guy played in the NFL, so then the rest of his life's just going to be a glorious deal. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a guy, unfortunately, a guy like Chip, I mean, he, since he left the game, I mean, it's just been a, a series of battles with demons and, and, and just different off-field trouble. And, and um, it's, un, it's unfortunate. And hopefully... You know, he pulls through. I know, in a, you know, one person was not that fortunate in that was involved with this shooting, mm-hmm. and um, you know, you can just hope that he pulls through. But I think, you know, if we look over the through the overall history of the Browns, I mean, he certainly um, is 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 on the that list of top ten greatest linebackers easily in, in, in our time. Um, you, you know, uh, as far as the Browns goes, and. Um, I don't know. Wish him well. You know, I, I think a couple things that you know, kind of eye-opening for me is you know when they first said it. Okay, obviously that was a shock. And then when they say Chip Banks age sixty, I'm thinking, man, how could Chip Banks be sixty years old? Because I, I, you just picture him, just a young sprite running around, just mauling people, linebacker, and you think a guy like that can't age. But um, you know, I guess that that's another another eye-opener and another reality where we're all kind of heading same direction but um that's uh, no, tough it's tough to see and I know I'm talking with a lot of his teammates I mean they it, it's been hard for them and I remember going all the way back to uh 2007 when um you know Gene Hickerson was in the Hall of Fame and there was a, a bunch of um there was a bunch of players from that 80s era that that came in um, because they were fortunate enough to um you know, get to know Gene, and uh, I know there was a bunch of linebackers got together. Uh, Kuzno was in on the group, and Clay, and the topic of conversation was 
chip and where was he and i think at that time he was still down he was in atlanta but nobody knew where he was at everybody had kind of lost you know touch with him and um communication with him and um like i said it's it's unfortunate hopefully he pulls through and hopefully when he does pull through now that people kind of know where he's at um they'll have the opportunity to go down there and maybe talk to him and, and let him know um you know how much he means to them because I think probably I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you know now more than ever he could use that um, but yeah I don't know like I said uh, unfortunate is you know an understatement um, but as far as a player and, and a person I know his teammates respected him respected his intensity and just the uh, professionalism in which he you know I, I look at a guy like Chip Banks Chip Banks, I don't think, would have done well during this coronavirus thing because I don't think he's a guy that can kind of, you know, I could see him like the first couple weeks of practice. We're like, oh, we're going to ease into this. I don't think it's like an ease into it with him. So he probably would have had a difficult time with it. But fortunately, he was playing at a time when, um, you know, if you look at Marty and, and um, even going into Bilicek, they were going full go every practice. So I, I don't know how those guys would have throttled it down. I don't think a guy like Chip Banks – probably getting fined every day for just blasting Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but um, no, so I, on a serious note, hopefully, I mean, obviously, I don't think there's anybody that's saying they don't want him to pull through, but we're we're certainly certainly hoping he pulls through and, and certainly hoping once he does that, uh, you know, now that folks know where he's at, um, they can they can connect with him and, um, you know, we can get him to pull through. So, I don't know. It's... Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say. I mean, I don't think kids will necessarily recognize the name, you know, some of the younger crowd. But, I mean, I definitely those people who are Browns fans in that oh. early to mid-80s yeah. period, right, you, you can't argue. I mean, especially that, you know, that 85 season with 11 sacks. You know, I mean, a rookie here, guy comes out and has five and a half sacks and an interception from a, from that spot, right, wins that rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean, that early part of his career was as good as – you know, anybody's career could have been. You're looking at five seasons with a defensive rookie of the year, a first-team All-Pro, and four Pro Bowls in your first five years. I don't think anybody's not taking those <laughs> those numbers from, from anybody. Yeah, no. He was – and, and you got to remember, he's getting all those numbers while he's still sitting behind a severely serviceable Clay Matthews. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're sharing – you know that middle with him it's you know it's it's kind of kind of a hard thing to do but yeah so all right bronze backers i think that's all we have for you today hopefully we'll see some hitting at practice and then tony and i will be back with you soon to talk about brown's training camp and that beginning of the season all right, Browns backers, thanks for tuning in. Once again, we're Believe in the Browns, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and tune in or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find us at Browns Believe. That's at Browns, B-L-E-A-V, on Twitter and Instagram. Have a good one. Check, check. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.